LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Now, Scott, there's uh, a little bit of a rumor going around that I've been kicked off The One Thing. Uh, I, I've been well, absent for a few <laughs> recently. Is, it, is there a coup going on that I don't know about? Well, people are asking for a younger voice. And so, I mean, if, <laughs> uh, we listen to our listeners. So thanks for that feedback. Okay. All right. I'll pass it on. No, it's on just we've just had so much on, and uh, and and I think it's important. We we need to increase increase our uh, our panelists, our questioners. So Maddie came on a couple of times. We're looking for someone else as well. I'm happy to step off as well. So if you if you're keen to become a panelist on the one thing, um, it's up for sale. It's for sale. It's, Make an it's offer. It's up there. You know, reach out. Reach out. <laughs> All righty. Well, the one thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and we're also proudly part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes, see all the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Decision Fatigue. Now, before we go there though, Derek, what I, it's interesting. You've obviously been listening to our past episodes and so you found that here am I just thinking I can hide it from you, I can record these things <laughs> and just get away with it, but you've been listening in. Well, uh, my family view me through the lens of this podcast. It's the only <laughs> time I really talk to them. And so when I'm not on, there's a communication breakdown and that's what's happening. Yeah. Look, if, if anyone was going to take my place as family, it would be Maddie Galea. Uh, so I'd be happy with that. It's okay, but that's where it's at. Yeah. Okay, talk to me as we start off. What it looks like. What does decision fatigue uh, look like, Scott? Well, I think I think it can go uh, two ways. Uh, one, you can make reckless decisions. So you you just make a decision and you actually don't give it the thought and the timing, or you, you're just so tired and you just want to make a decision, you just want to get get rid of it. So you just you just let your daughter. Have the ice cream, even though you know it's not going to be good, you know, in, in the latter part of the day. Uh, the other option is just to make no decision at all. Now, I've I've, I've listened to a I listened to a really helpful TEDx talk on this, and um, she used a great little sort of parable, a, a great little example of um, of an of a donkey. You know, it's called Burden's Burden's ass is 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 what what the paradox was. Uh, ass or ass? <laughs> it was an American podcast, so okay. I'm just going to say it was a donkey, okay? But, you know, they like using ass. I'm going to say donkey. Um, but the donkey's got two equally good straw bales in front of them, and they're, they're asked to make the decision, which straw bale do I choose? Uh, now, the story plays out, and the donkey doesn't make a decision, and it dies of starvation. You know, so there's, the, there's two equally, equally good things in front of us, and we actually are crippled by that decision and so we don't make it. Now, the reality is we've often got a number of different options in front of us. Some are better, some are worse, uh, and we still don't make the decision. Or we do make a decision, but we're crippled then by, by indecision. You know, did I make the right decision? Uh, and the energy and the time that it takes uh, in order to, um, you know, to process that and to work through that just tires us out and wears us out. And so I think the fruit of it ultimately is that we actually don't make any decisions at all. So 
Yeah, we've been joking a little bit at the start of this podcast and having fun, but the reality is actually at the moment, um, like this is a really challenging, serious issue because guys in ministry um, have spent, everyone, so not just guys in ministry, but that's too often who we're talking to most, have spent six months in a constantly moving landscape um, where they haven't known week to week what's going to happen and not slight shifts, slight variation, massive shifts, like meeting one week and not meeting the next gearing up to meet and then being shut down for the next six weeks as our friends in Victoria. Uh, And so they are facing this on a daily basis. If I make a decision and I put all the effort into making that decision happen, will it be undone before I can actually execute it? And what will people think if I make this decision and it doesn't happen? And what if it happens again and again and again? How does that affect my leadership and who I am um, and it's not just, you know, church, it's every aspect of life. And so people are feeling incredibly tired just about life and making decisions and uncertain about their leadership. Um, it's a really hard environment to lead at the moment. So, so what, can we, um, what can we do? The, the inability um, or the challenge of making decisions in such a changing environment isn't just a pragmatic issue. It's not just a how do I make decisions better. Um, it actually pushes into my heart in this um, area because I make, I make uh, decisions that don't turn out well or that the landscape moves um, and I start to feel uncertain about my ability to lead people. Um, I start to feel uncertain about who I am as a leader, as a father, as a, a pastor, as a shepherd, all those kinds of things. Um, and that uncertainty... Um, feeds into the next decision. And so I'm more uncertain about the next decision and, you know, who I am in that. So the guys um, I talked to at Bible College, you know, you talk about a bucket of leadership and you're filling the bucket up with kind of levels of trust with people often and their willingness to follow you. Um, and if that bucket is empty, you know, you don't feel good about leading. People won't follow you as well. So you need things to fill up that bucket. But if every time you fill the bucket, it kind of has a hole in the bottom falling out, you do end up at a point where you aren't sure who you are um, and how you can lead and whether you can go forward. Um, Mm. So I think we do need to keep pushing back into who we are in Christ in this. We aren't our decisions. Uh, We can't control the outcomes of it. Um, uh, And trusting that uh, God can actually work even through our mistakes in that. I think connecting well with people as well as we can in a strange environment in order to help them as well process the same challenges they're feeling in their context so that we are connected to them even while we can't control the outcomes of things. It does for me come back to a heart decision, um, a heart issue with this as well. We need to keep pushing back into that. In some ways, I mean, that's, that's, that's the sort of thesis of Kevin DeYoung's book, you know, just do something, you know, you know, tr- trust in God. And I don't think it's a, it's not a, you know, it's sort of, trust and, and it'll all be okay. It's actually a trust founded on God's, God's good promises, you know, that, that he uh, has good plans for you and he has purposed things, um, you know, that are good for you. And so I think not, knowing that should give us confidence to, to make decisions, um, you know, knowing, knowing you have a good God who is in charge of the good stuff and the bad stuff, um, I think should give us confidence to be able to, push out and make decisions on a, on a regular basis as a Christian leader. And, and as a Christian, you know, as a, as a Christian father and, um, you know, a Christian father and mother and, and leader. Um, all right, let's push into some practical tips in this. 
What's some, what's some things you've been reading or seeing or doing in this area of decision fatigue to help people move forward with decision making in an uncertain environment? I think, I think one of the key things is to, um, is to ha- create some self-awareness around this. Uh, what is it that you uh, value uh, personally? And so having some understanding of that, I think, can help uh, bring to the surface w- why you make uh, you know, decisions. So uh, thinking, you know, thinking, uh, thinking more into this, um, you know, we, Christ, Christian character, there, there is clear guidelines on how we, we ought to live and how we ought to conduct ourselves. Um, you know, honesty, um, you know, kindness, uh, gentleness, respect, you know, there's, there's these, these bounds from which, you know, Christian leadership sits in. Being aware of those things then actually helps us, I think, you know, process and, and make decisions. Um, I think you just need to build, build automation, I guess, into your life. So, so what are the decisions that, um, that just have to be made, you know, day in, day out, you know, that you can actually plan and make so that you don't have to, before you even get up, you know, make all these extra decisions through the course of the day. So one of the simple things I do, and, you know, I don't know, people might, people might mock me or have a cut me, but, but I just wear the same black shirt and the same black pants and the same shoes every day. I know that's what I'm going to wear. I've got five black shirts. I just wear those same black shirts. I don't have to think about what I wear. That's just a simple one. Um, exercise. It's, it's, it's very Johnny Cash. Very <laughs> Johnny Cash. And I love you for, I just wear my pajamas. I just haven't got it in my pajamas for six months. Um, but the, the other one is, you know, put, putting exercise in. I know that if I don't, if I don't put my clothes outside my door uh, in the morning, I won't do it. And so actually the night before planning that, making that decision then means that I'll often, I'll often do it. So I'm, I'm super flexible. Uh, that's part of my personality. And that can be a strength, but it can be a weakness because, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't make a decision. And so I actually force myself to make a whole bunch of decisions um, each, uh, each, each day. Um, you, uh, one of the things I've been reading is, um, is actually involving others in the decision-making process. And so how can you do that? Uh, you could delegate decisions. I think that's, that's a really helpful thing. So actually not make so many decisions because you're actually handing over decision, decisions to other people. And you've made the bigger decision of here's what we want to achieve. This is the outcome we're after. Uh, but there are a whole bunch of decisions on how to get there that I can actually hand over to someone. So actually delegate those decisions out. Um, thinking through your process for making decisions. And a key one in that that I've been thinking through is the whole decision rights. You know, so actually getting clarity on, on you know, who's making the decision and, uh, and, and what decision they're making. Is it, is it me by myself? Is it me in a group? Um, is it us? Pulling, pulling information together and then handing that to someone else to make a decision or are we going to make that collaboratively or are we looking for consensus and everyone in? So actually thinking through, um, you know, through, those, uh, through those things, I think can be really, uh, you know, really important uh, as well to be thinking about. Um, the, the final thing I want to say is do the most important things first. So actually, if you've got a decision to make, Make it early in the day when you've got energy or if you're low energy in the morning and high energy in the afternoon, you know, decide to make the important decisions uh, in the afternoon. You, you know, all the research says you actually need energy uh, in order to make good decisions. Yeah, I think Jeff Bezos has that bit about uh, you need to work out with, with decisions um, how costly this is, like how much is riding on it. If you can undo it or if you're good at course correcting, he would say, uh, being wrong may be less costly than you think. And so you are better to work out with the decision, how costly is this? And if there's you know, not a huge amount of cost or it's easily changed, 
just make the decision and move forward and then course correct afterwards instead of, you know, sitting on. But if it, you know, huge writing on it, best to pull other people in, sit on it, wait for it so you can get it right as much as you can. Um, the one of the areas that we've been um, uh, working with a little bit, people in is the Myers-Briggs personality type. Lots of people use different things. I use Myers-Briggs. I find it really helpful. Um, but in this, you know, it would say there's two broad kind of personalities. One is the one who will like to make a decision. They're the people who sit in team meetings and at the end of it, are saying, okay, what are we doing now? What's coming out of this? There's the other type of personality, um, which is just in there for the ride. He just wants to create, you know, creative part of it. He wants the journey. It's excited. What are we going to do next? I don't know. We'll just wait and see. And so they're the people who leave uni assignments to the night before. Um, as opposed to the first group of people who plan it out and hand in a week before. That first people, they're the kind of uh, J-type personalities in Myers-Briggs. They will find this um, this season incredibly hard because there are so many decisions on their plate and they will not physically have time sometimes to make all the decisions and things won't be as systematic as they want. Um, the other type of personality, the P, they will not feel it until the pressure point. And generally, they rely on their ability to solve problems at the end, but it piles up too much at the end and they can't do it all. And so what we're seeing with these two types, you need to uh, be aware that for that more J-type personality, uh, there are going to be some things you're not going to be able to make decisions about and you're just going to need to leave and need to live with that. For the P-type personality, uh, they're going to need to be uh, more organised early on because their ability to make to sort problems out at the end, which they generally rely on, there will be too many things there. And so even understanding how your personality ticks with this stuff is hugely important for planning out how you're going to make it, what you're going to let drop and how you're going to uh, ultimately feel and process that stuff. That's, that's really helpful. And, and, and I think uh, one, of, one of the things you can do to love the J person and, and not be the P, not be, be, be the P person in a meeting is to, is to have action points, you know, and to come back to those action points and have some accountability um, and, and to be able to make, you know, make decisions and, and own them and own a time frame and, and, and delegate them and, and give responsibility sort of, you know. Yeah. To, and to let's meetings. get... Let's give the other side of that as well. For the J-type personalities, they need to live sometimes with the fact that not every decision will be solved in that meeting. And that's actually okay as well. But, you know, this is where the team part comes in, carrying decision load as a team. You know, it could be paid staff, could be volunteers, yep. but understanding how we operate together in order to alleviate some of this decision fatigue over a broader set of shoulders. Okay, so uh, just really finally, I think four big regular things that you ought to be doing. The first one, self-care. You need to make sure that you're sleeping well, that you're eating well, and that you're getting some exercise. You, you want to make decisions from a place of, of good energy. And so do those regular self-care practices. Uh, recently, uh, I've been reflecting on as well, just how you can mine the spiritual resources that we have. And so the second one is, is prayer. It's something that I don't, I don't lean into and I don't push to. Uh, in my decision-making process, I, I, I lean on a whole bunch of other things. And so can I encourage you, as you're feeling the weight of making a big decision, uh, be praying through that decision as you're making that decision as well. And and let that be the, the starting point, not the finishing point as you sort of, uh, you know, ask God to, to bless the decision that you've made. Third one, get a coach. Uh, don't do it alone. Uh, there, there are a number of ministry coaches out there if you want to find out more reach out to, uh, to Reach Australia, get in contact with us, and we can put you with a ministry coach. Coaching is really important, actually helping you think through the options 
Uh, and having someone outside of your chain of command or outside of your uh, system can be really helpful as you think through how to best make decisions. And the final one, uh, take courage. Uh, we should have the confidence because we've got a God who's in control of everything, the good stuff and the bad stuff. So, um, so, so take the courage, make those big decisions, uh, make them, uh, make them with people, make them with good practices. Uh, but, but don't miss out on the chance that COVID gives you to refocus and, and adjust your ministry at your church. Don't be caught in that decision fatigue. So take courage, have confidence, make decisions. All right, Scott, what uh, have you got for us in the toolbox today? Uh, so we've got a, a few things. A great uh, HBR article on six reasons we make bad decisions and what to do about them. So that's really helpful just to have uh, a read through and get some good advice. Uh, there's a TEDx talk that I talked about as well. We'll put a link in the show notes uh, to that as well. And I mentioned really briefly uh, a book by Kevin DeYoung, Just Do Something. And the final one, get a coach. Reach out to us at Reach Australia uh, and ask and inquire about getting a ministry coach to walk alongside you. So go to the contact page on reachaustralia.com.au and ask for a coach. Okay, Scott, what is the one thing you want to leave us with today on decision fatigue? For those who are really wrestling with making decisions, I want you to hear it, it is a tough season and we are really thankful for the leadership and the many decisions that you guys are making in your churches. Uh, we love you and we want you to make right decisions. And so I'd encourage you to put some practices in place where you make good decisions. Brilliant. All right. Well, uh, if you've liked what you've heard today, why don't you head over to our iTunes page and rate it, leave a question, comment, um, but we'd uh, love to hear from you. That If you've got other things you're wrestling with at the moment, please let us know. We'd love to get people on to talk about it on the one thing. Uh, we can kick me off and get Maddie back on if you want to do that. Just leave a comment on that. That can always happen. But thanks for joining us on the one thing today. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. Chat soon. <laughs>